The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When a group of ghost hunters descend upon a haunted, abandoned hospital, they have no idea their investigation's about to go from the world of the paranormal into the realm of true crime. Now we take a look at the bizarre conspiracy that there is a secret government program that has one goal, to stop the law of attraction, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out there in the world. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're gonna get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is our final member of the Christmas live stream. Yes, Christmas of 2021 live stream contributor. Everyone, give a round of applause for Sega Metsi Mogo Mozi. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in. Yeah, walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Thank you so much, Sega Metsi. Now, honestly, I might have already given you props for your donation, but I wasn't for sure. I saw your name on a pad that I'd written all this stuff down, and I was like, let's, I'd rather err on the side of caution. Sega Metsi, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. I really do. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really, really helps out a lot. Now, Sega Metsi, I'm going to go ahead and start off by tossing you the hair hang glider. Grab that in your little hands. We are jumping off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. Glide us all the way out, too. Vicksburg, Mississippi. This is a very interesting story, not just for the story itself, but I I found it by accident. I was actually trying to verify yesterday's story about the kids or kid. We still don't know how many kids disappeared in the bathroom in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I was trying to, I always try to verify these ghost stories. I try to verify if any kid actually did magically disappear in a bathroom. This popped up, and and I was like, wow, I hadn't heard of this story. This story is a different type of ghost story. This is a boots-on-the-ground type ghost story, not haunted boots. That'd be hilarious, though. They're doing a little dance. It's June 28th, 2015. We're in Vicksburg, Mississippi. We're standing outside the Coon Memorial State Hospital. This place has been investigated by a lot of paranormal investigators, and we can understand why. We're standing outside this hospital, it's late at night, it's abandoned, and you just see like an owl sitting on top of the building, hanging out up there, we're like, oh, that's kind of spooky. We're not owl investigators, though, we have to go inside and look for ghosts, we got our EVP recorders, we got our temperature gauges, we're walking around with flashlights, looking for ghosts! This is actually considered by a lot of ghost hunting groups as one of the most haunted places in all of Mississippi. I'll try to put some of the stuff in the show notes, but there's been articles written about this place, videos, EVPs, but we're actually not here for the ghostly activity itself. We're here to take a look at another group of ghost hunters 
who were also at Coon Memorial State Hospital on June 28th, 2015. This group of ghost hunters, they head out here because, again, this is a standard ghost hunting location. They're walking around this abandoned hospital late one night. Walking through it, shining their flashlights, holding out their little tape recorder. Is anyone here? We'll play back later to see if we picked up anything. Let's just keep walking around this hospital, see what we can find. And what happens is, they get to where there's the staircase leading up to the second floor. And despite the eerie reputation for this place, it is a huge abandoned hospital. So of course you know there's going to be vagrants there. There's going to be probably wild animals, stuff like that. So you might run into a living person. You might run into a living pack of dogs. That was always my biggest worry when I was ghost hunting these type of places. But what this group finds is far more worrisome. When they get to the staircase that leads up to the second floor, they see dripping down the stairs fresh blood. When I say dripping, it's not just like a little Halloween effect. It clearly looks like someone dragged something large and bloody down the stairs. Not too long ago, either. And they're shining their flashlights, and they actually see this blood trail kind of smear across the floor right in front of them. And they see it lead out of one of the exits of the building. So the ghost hunters are like, okay, this has definitely gone from zero to 60 really quickly. They begin to follow this blood trail out of the building, and it rounds this little corner. And there, under the light of the Mississippi moon, they see a dead woman. They rush to the local police department, and they say, hey, listen... We know it's an abandoned hospital. We know we're not supposed to be there. That's why we went late at night around this ghost expedition. However, you can arrest us for trespassing, but there's something far more important going on there. We found the body of this dead lady. Around the same time, like within a matter of hours of this happening, there is a traffic stop. There is a police officer driving down the road, and he sees a car that he has suspicions about, and he pulls him over. And sitting in the car is Akeem McLeod. He's a 20-year-old man. And Raphael McLeod, 33 years old, they were, they were related, pulls it over, and when the cops is running the plates and checking the license and registration and all that stuff, he realizes that Akeem and Raphael are driving a stolen car, and they have a weapon in the vehicle. The police radios it in and says, hey, I have this stolen car, I have this firearm. You guys might want to check on who this car actually belongs to, because I think something bad might have happened. So then the police go to, they follow the registration. They go to the house of Sharon Wilson, this 69-year-old woman. She's not home. The police are kind of linking all of these three things together. We have a stolen car, we have a woman that's missing, and we're also getting the report of this body out in the middle of this abandoned hospital. And they are able to ID that woman as Sharon. She'd been murdered at the hospital. Akeem and Raphael are arrested. Like, this is all happening in just a, a very short manner of time. They're arrested for the murder of Sharon about a week, they're both being held. About a week later, Akeem is released. 
in the murder of Sharon. They don't think he had anything to do with it. Actually, that's not true. They, they said, we can't prove it. We can't prove he had anything to do with this. But Raphael is held for Sharon's murder. Now, what's really interesting is I came across this thing on accident. It's from 2015, and I read that article, and I was like, wow, that's really creepy. Haunted locations are usually haunted, right? People don't want to go there. They're usually in the middle of nowhere. And other than the occasional ghost hunting group, who would have thought that if you had disposed of a body at this hospital, anybody would have found it? Uh, or, you know, in, in, in any real matter of time, right? It wasn't like they left her on the front porch. They took her to this abandoned hospital, but... I read this story and I go, okay, that's really cool. I mean, it's not cool for Sharon, right, for her family or anything like that. But I thought Ghost Hunter's running into this. And then I'm like, well, it's 2015. I, I wonder how this story's played out. And it's always neat to look back and, and read these different articles to see how the story ended. What it turns out that Raphael... What the charges were was that he did murder her, right? Or he allegedly murdered Sharon. And the way that it was set up was like this. He was stalking her. He was stalking her. Her husband had died just about, I think it was three years ago, like in 2012. And they were both residents of New Orleans. And they left because of Hurricane Katrina. So they ended up in Mississippi, start life over again. She loses her husband. She's living alone. And then this creep is outside in his car and he watches her where she has a hidden key underneath a rock. One day he sees her lift the rock up, take the key, open the door, and go in. So he decides to do that as well. He gets the key. He lets himself into her house. He attacks her. He rapes her. And then kidnaps her. He forces her into her own car, drives out to Coon Memorial Hospital, and executes her. Then he came back to her house, and he tried to burn. He figured he probably left some evidence there, so he tried to burn it down. So he was getting charged with rape, kidnapping, stalking, because he was kind of lying in wait and watching to see what her patterns were, and murder. And arson. Did I say arson? Anyways, he was charged with all of these different things. And the question... It was weird. The articles didn't a ask this question so much. I did. Because, you know, I'm thinking like paranormal spooky stuff. But why... I can understand him dumping the body in the middle of nowhere. But why did he take her up to the second story of this haunted hospital? Kill her just to have to drag her back down the stairs, because that's how they found her body. If he had shot her, I'm not giving tips, I'm not giving tips to lunatics, but had he shot her and just thrown her in the bushes around the same hospital, they wouldn't have found it, at least not in that sequence of events. Now, again, they did get pulled over in the car, and Sharon was missing and all that stuff, but they wouldn't have been able to prove that she was dead for quite a while. But he took her upstairs, he shot her, and then dragged her back down the stairs. So a weird detail... He is a murderer. I mean, he is a rapist and a murderer. He's not the most sane person on the planet, but I thought it was weird. Like, what was that? What was that part of it? So I read that article, and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So because time's passed, we can actually see more about the information. It's not a breaking news, true crime story. And then the story gets even crazier. Because then I find out what happens next. 
Let's jump ahead to March 2nd, 2016. So, less than a year later, Raphael is being held in Warren County Jail. The trial is going through the process. I don't even know if it's gone to trial at this point, but, you know, lawyers are talking and prosecutors are talking and stuff like that. March 2nd, 2016, Raphael, who's being held in the Warren County Jail, gets a shiv, overpowers a guard, and escapes from the county jail. This man who murdered a 69-year-old woman is now loose in the city with nothing to lose. Because he's facing horrifying charges. There is a massive manhunt for him. March 10th, 2016. Eight days later. There's a guy. This is still in the Vicksburg area. This guy comes out of his house to get in his car. And all of a sudden, Raphael runs up to him. Puts a shiv to him. And says, we're going inside. And the man's like, this is not how I expected my morning to start off. Raphael leads the man inside of the house where this dude also has his wife and his five-year-old son. Raphael ties up the dad, ties up the mom, throws them in the bathroom. At some point, the mom gets permission to leave the bathroom. I don't know exactly why he did it. I'm glad that he did, considering how this story turns out. It does have a happy ending. But he allows the woman to leave the bathroom, and she leaves, and he's still in there with the dad, the husband. And Raphael, because he's a lunatic, begins stabbing the dude. He's tied up. He's tied up still. He begins stabbing the dude, stabs him in the shoulder, The mom, they don't reveal these people's names in the newspaper, but the mom comes in holding a firearm. She went, I don't know what excuse she used to leave the bathroom, but I'm glad that she was able to. She comes in with a gun, begins shooting at Raphael. And they're in this really small bathroom, but she misses him. But she shoots at Raphael. She frees her husband. She hands the gun to her husband. And he executes Raphael in the bathroom. Crazy, crazy story. I mean, again, I use the word execute. That's pretty much just self-defense at that point. You've been stabbed. This guy's a lunatic. He's already killed one woman. I don't even know if they knew who he was, right? He just comes in with the homemade knife and is like, get in your house, get in your house. But the dad shoots him to death in the bathroom. And... Of story. What a fat. I mean, that's just insane story. That guy truly was a menace. He's running around committing these horrific crimes. He's taking families hostages. He kidnaps this woman and rapes and kills her. Horrible. And it's interesting because this memorial hospital, this haunted hospital, stood there for years and years and years, empty. Ghost hunters were showing up. Like I said, it's considered one of the most haunted locations in Missouri. In 2019, they demolished it. They knocked it down. They said, we're not going to let this lot go to waste. We're going to build something else here. And a lot of times you have these haunted locations knocked down for economic reasons. But I think this was also partially this legacy, right? You had this guy who committed this heinous crime at this location. And that probably did speed things up because it was empty for so long. And you just had, you know, every so often you have a security crew sweep it or something like that. And you'd appear in all these ghost hunter shows and YouTube channels and stuff like that. 
And, um, yeah, they ended up demolishing it in 2019. They smashed it down again. I don't know if there's anything there in that location right now. What a crazy story. It does suck. Um, I mean, outside of the true crime element, when you have a place that is regarded as extremely haunted and provably haunted, you can get all these EVPs and all of these weird photographs and video footage and stuff like that, and it's demolished, right? In a paranormal world, that's the equivalent of, you know, finding a burial site of a long-lost group of people and <laughs> just smashing the bones and putting up a tract house. Like, I understand why, obviously. You need to build stuff there that people are going to use. You can't have a building there just for ghost hunters. But you know what? Maybe the maybe if there is a building right now, it's haunted by the ghosts of insane patients of the hospital. That's all we can hope for. Sega Metsi Mogomotsi, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carbon copter. We are leaving behind Mississippi. Fly us all the way out to a basketball court. And at this basketball court, we don't have this guy's name. So we're going to go ahead and call him Michael. Michael is sitting there and he's dribbling a ball and he's looking at the hoop and he throws it up. I don't, I can't do a sound effect for a ball and a hoop. And we're like, hey, bro, you want to play some one-on-one? He's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, I'm not going to basketball either. Now, all of a sudden, you're playing. I'm like, I have $100 going on you, buddy. Keep playing. You're all sweaty and stuff. You're like, dude, I'm wearing slacks right now. Trying to make all these shots. And as I'm enjoying enjoying your discomfort, Michael, you notice as he's playing the game, he seems, he's decent, right? He's a decent basketball player. But you notice, like, every so often he goes up for a shot. And you're like, that's weird. I could have sworn he was shorter a couple minutes ago. And he gives you a little wink. And then he does like this cool double back basketball move on you. And he makes another shot. And you're like, wow, dude, this guy's totally dunking on me. I hope Jason didn't really bet any money on me. And you see him. He's like, oh, dude, yeah, you want to you keep going? You want to keep going? You realize, wow, I'm looking right at this dude, and I swear, I don't know how this is even possible, he's taller mid-sentence. Like, as I'm looking at this guy, he's grown at least an inch or two. And I'm walking down from the stands, and I go, that is why we're here. That is why we're here. You see, Michael over there has unlocked the secret to growing taller. Now, Michael says, listen, I have a lot of body issues. I have a lot of issues with my appearance and things like that. But the one thing that people who know me very closely know that I'm the most self-conscious about is my height. I've always been self-conscious about my height. And what I did, I tried everything, right? You do all the spine stretching exercises. You do the yoga. You do, maybe you're looking into the like medical treatment where they're breaking your legs. You're like, okay, no, I look too far. I don't want to go that far. But I want to be taller, and I'm looking at all this stuff that I could possibly do. Michael then stumbles across YouTube videos and things like that about using hypnosis to become taller. And that takes him down the path of the law of attraction. He goes, can you actually, if you can law of attraction a more successful life, if you can law of attraction a suitable partner, you can law of attraction a better job, but could you law of attraction growing taller? And he starts to find case after case after case after case after case of people who claim that they can do this. 
he starts to find these stories about people who are using the law of attraction to physically change their bodies. And not just their height. Like, that's what he's concerned about, right? He just wants to be taller. But he starts to find reports of people growing bigger breasts. Or bigger penis. Skin is clearer than it used to be. Their nose is smaller. Some people say they've even been able to use it to beat back baldness and even regenerate body parts. Now, it's funny. If I told you that, right? If I told you the law of attraction was capable of doing these things, they do get more and more incredulous, right? I think there's a big difference between enhancing your boobs through the law of attraction, getting a bigger dick, Versus versus growing back a finger. And that opens up a whole question about what the law of attraction is capable of. If you are in prison, can you law of attraction yourself out of the prison? The idea of the law of attraction is to see what is real in front of you and not to believe it. To create a mental image that is more powerful than reality. So... I think it would be hard to be in prison. It wouldn't be impossible. I mean, short answer to this. It wouldn't be impossible. You would have to believe you were out of prison so truly that you are now out of prison. But you're having, you know, your scheduled lunch, right? Everyone has to go into the mess hall to eat. And then you have your work time. Slave labor really is what it is. But you go in there and you work for 14 cents an hour. And then you have like, checks bed checks and then you have head counts and it's 10 p.m and the lights are off and everyone goes to sleep and all this stuff and so it's so regimented that even if you were able to convince yourself you were no longer in prison that alarm goes off and then everyone has to get up out of their cots and stand up as the guards come through it's so heavily regulated it would be hard it's almost like there was a constant reminder that you are in prison It's almost like you are not given enough time to truly concentrate on the idea that you're not in prison. Now, those things are there to keep some sense of order in these institutions. But, is it possible that these types of constant reminders that you are locked up may be a way to defeat something like the Law of Attraction? To make sure people don't just believe themselves out of prison. You go, Jason, that's ridiculous. Obviously, those things, are, they have to do head counts, otherwise people are escaping. Just a story about a guy who escaped. So let's look at the guy who's missing two fingers. Simple thing, right? You're missing two fingers. You can still game your good, right? As long as I'm only losing my pinky and my ring finger, I can hold a controller. I can lose them on both hands. I'm totally fine. I can still play video games. I'm good. But let's say I was self-conscious about it. Would I be able to look at my hand and believe that those two fingers were actually there? Could I regrow those fingers? You would have to believe more than anything that they were there. Could you do it? Because you're constantly seeing that they're not, and you're constantly getting the sensation that they're not there. Or lack of sensation, really. 
At the same time, I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction when it comes to exercise and weightlifting. That is something that every bodybuilder will tell every bodybuilder will tell you you have to visualize. You have to eat right and you have to work out and you have to do these other things. But if you do the other things and you don't visualize yourself in that perfect form, it will not work. Well, that's bodybuilding where you can build up to it. Can you regenerate body parts? Can you make your nose smaller? Can you make your penis bigger? Interesting question, right? Interesting question. Michael, like I said, though, is really, really concerned about his height. And he says, listen, I've been self-conscious about it since I was a teenager. And he was willing to do the weirdo leg-breaking stuff. He goes, I was willing to pay any price to be taller. He's reading all this stuff. He's doing all this research. He's collecting reports. Because now he believes, wow, this is actually possible. And not only do I want to try it, I want to help other people try it too. In 2011, he meets a 25-year-old woman who went by the internet name Zixia. And she said, using meditation and breathing practices, she was able to grow four inches. It's exactly what he was looking for. He's finally finding... I mean, yeah, he's, he's walking around with a bigger penis and a smaller nose, but he really wants that height. He finally finds someone who's talking about becoming taller, and he continues to collect these reports. He's really digging into the law of attraction culture. He's a part of all of these Facebook groups that deal with the secret and the law of attraction and all of this. He meets another guy who got taller, four inches, four inches taller, Using the law of attraction and no fap. He just stopped masturbating. And he believed that he could channel his sexual energy into height. It's a very interesting thing. You see this a lot in the law of attraction communities. The question, you see this question. This so I, I love the law of attraction. Like whether or not it's a thought experiment or it actually works, which I believe it does work. It's very, very interesting. Every so often, and I really, I say every so often, it's every day, every day when I'm looking at these law of attraction communities, somebody will ask the question, does masturbating affect me manifesting? Does masturbation or any sort of sexual activity negatively affect my ability to use the law of attraction? And every day I see the exact same answer. It does if you believe it will. If you believe that masturbation and the law of attraction are completely opposite things, then they will have no effect on each other. But if you do believe there's a connection, then they will affect each other because you're manifesting that connection. It's very, very interesting philosophy. But anyways, for this guy, this guy here, his name, his internet name was Lightning Cock. The lightning must have been shut off for a while because he got four inches taller by using law of attraction and no fap. And these are two of the standout people that he talked about. He listed quite a few others, and he has taken all of the reports he's assembled over the years, and he's put them in a Dropbox. I'll actually put all these links in the show notes. You can take a look at this if you're more interested in seeing on how to use the Law of Attraction to reshape your body. He's been collecting this because he's like, if this can help me, then I want to be able to help others as well. And I'm looking at all these reports and these people are saying that it helped them. So maybe there is something to this. But Michael started to realize he's seeing a very disturbing pattern. When people go online and talk about them using the law of attraction to modify their bodies, 
they disappear. Zixia and Michael spoke for a while, and then she completely cut off all communication with him, went radio silent. A lot of these other people, according to Michael, after they had posted their results, disappeared from the internet. We've been robbed of the future knowledge that lightning cock could have given us. Michael begins to notice this, and he can't, he doesn't really think anything of it. People leave the internet all the time. People stop going to Reddit because they've, <laughs> they've recovered from their brain injury and they realize it's a garbage website. People disappear from the internet all the time, whether they just stop responding to emails. That's the most worrisome, right, when someone stops responding to emails. But when someone just stops updating their Facebook, I mean, then they've just stopped updating their Facebook. They're doing something more important. But Michael realized this was an issue. Again, at first couple times you go, oh, you know, people just leave the internet. But he had seen this girl, this Russian girl, talking about how she had used the law of attraction to make her nose smaller. And she posted photos of her nose. He saved the photos, because at this point he's collecting. He has this huge repository of stuff. He saves these photos. And then she also disappears. She stops posting anything online. She's not responding to any communications. She's gone. Michael's like, what could this possibly be? Why are these people just leaving? Like, they're in a group that's dedicated towards this practice. Like, And it's not a huge thing, right? This is a pretty niche thing. It's not like they're like, well, I'm going to go over to the other Law of Attraction group. I mean, there, there's more than one, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not a super common group. Especially, the, you know, there's a lot of people who believe in it, and they can't manifest anything, and they quit. These are people who are actually having success stories, and they're sharing success stories with other people who are having success stories. She posts the photos. She stops popping up online. Michael saved the photos and then a couple weeks later posted them in a Facebook group dedicated to the Law of Attraction. He goes, hey, you know, there is this girl from Russia. She said she used this to make her nose smaller. Look at this. He said two days after I posted those photos, that Russian girl popped back online specifically to message me. She contacted him and said, take the photos down. I don't want them up. And don't ever, ever share them with anyone ever again. And then she just disappears again. He did take the photos down. They're not in the Dropbox. That's not any of the stuff he posted online after the fact. He told her he would take them down and he did. So he goes, I don't know what's happening. He posted this online back on January 19th, 2020. He goes, I don't know what's happening. This is so weird. And I don't know what to make of it. He posted this in the Neville Goddard subreddit. Neville Goddard is a big proponent. One of the major figures of the new Law of Attraction. He was in like the 40s, 50s era. I'm more of the old school 1890s to 1920s manifestation stuff. I'm a hipster when it comes to the Law of Attraction. I'm not a huge fan of Goddard specifically, but in the Neville Goddard subreddit, and he posted it as, I'm sharing all my success reports about height increase and changing physical appearance. He posts this Dropbox link, 
and he's talking about all this stuff, and then he mentions in it, in it you know, this is a weird aside, it wasn't his main reason for talking about it in the first place, he goes, but it is weird that everyone who talks about this disappears. But here you go, these are all the resources I found. He does have a couple of theories of what could actually be happening. He goes, on the one hand, you could have, and these are both super valid theories. I'm not saying that they're true, but they're both, I could see either one happening. One, reality is a collective experience, right? Everyone is experiencing what we consider to be reality at the same time. And it's a very tenuous what reality actually is. But there's this, what he calls the collective unconscious. And if you have people spark out of it, right? Like the law of attraction we use to get a better job, to find a better partner for you, to get a, a newer car, to get what you need. But most of the time, these are, are fairly relatively small requests in the grand scale of the universe. So it would be growing back your fingers and having bigger boobs, but it could be such a shock to the system because we expect people over time to get better jobs and to find people who are suited towards them, to have loving partners. We expect these things to happen. We hope they happen. But if Joey from work showed up one day and he has an arm, he didn't have an arm Tuesday, that's a huge shock to the system, to the unconscious reality that we've all created. So is it possible that if you law of attraction your body in an incredibly radical way, that the collective unconscious of the universe affects you? affects you in a way that makes you either... Well, so it's... It, I don't even... Because the thing is, is like we have the example with the Russian girl. She disappeared, but she came back. So we can't necessarily say that these people blink out of existence. And you can get bigger boobs with a boob job. You can fix balding with implants, with toupees, or not just shaving it like Jason Statham, right? You can... We can make these modif modifications to your body. Other than, you know, regrowing limbs, that, that's like the most radical change. But you could take the theory that if I walked into work one day and I was four inches taller and everyone at work couldn't understand how I wasn't that height the day before. These are ch generally gradual changes. I'm, I'm, this is kind of a strawman argument. Zixia, she grew four inches over the course of about a year and a half, which would be hard to see. But let's say that you didn't notice it. And then one day I walked in, you're like, dude, how are you four inches taller? It's like, oh, well, over the past year and a half, I stopped masturbating and here I am. Is it such a shock to the collective unconscious that you actually, I don't want to say get blinked out of reality, but you're a star that's shining so bright the universe has to dull it somehow. Because otherwise, it's just drawing too much attention to it. But then again, we have people who do do radical body transformations. You can modify your body in all sorts of ways within a 24-hour period. Walk in with a full face tattoo and you don't just disappear in front of everybody. And then the idea with bodybuilders and stuff like that. But again, imagine if your coworker walked in tomorrow and he was a full-on 1980s oiled-up bodybuilder. Like, just raw muscle, like 2% body fat. You're like, bro, what happened? He's like, a law of attraction. It would, it, you, it would be unreal. You wouldn't be able to process it. You might as well see a ghost float in your building. So we have that theory. 
we have that theory. But even like that theory, like how does it end? Because these people don't disappear. The Russian girl popped back up and she said, take the photos down. Don't ever share them with anyone again. And then disappeared again, which makes us say that they're not actually physically leaving. They're not being imprisoned in some sort of way. But maybe they're being threatened. Maybe they're being threatened to be silent. And that gives us the second scenario, which is what I talked about in the intro of the show and most likely title the episode along the same lines. Is there a secret government group that monitors this? And really, it's for the same reason as the collective unconscious theory, right? If you knew for a fact, let's say that we'll give it a year and a half, your coworker walks in and he is four inches taller than he was last year. <laughs> He's not in middle school, right? You're not working at a middle school. He's four inches taller. Your guys are all working investment banking. And you go, dude, how in the world did you grow four inches? And you're checking his shoes. You're making him strip down, checking him for scars on his legs. He goes, I swear, please let me put my clothes back on. I swear I used the law of attraction to do this. I believed that I was taller and I refused all information to the contrary. I went on all the, all the carnival rides I wanted to and nobody could tell me that that seatbelt wouldn't hold me. I believed that I was taller and whenever I came across any sort of information, any sort of real world scenario where I should have realized I wasn't six foot three or whatever, I ignored it. Totally ignored it. I believed that I was six foot three when I was really five foot 11. And now I'm six foot three. You, you know for a fact this isn't Fruit of the Loom, Cornucopia. You and him took photos next to all these yardsticks one day. It's a weird, weird place you work for, weird investment banking firm. You know for a fact that a year and a half ago, he was four inches shorter. You know that for a fact. And now you're looking at him and he's four inches taller. What would that do to you? And then Betty comes in, her nose is smaller. You're like, did you get a nose job? She's like, no, law of attraction. You would be seeing physical proof that through thought alone, not just really thought, you're believing what is opposite of the real, that you can change everything. It would be incredibly dangerous. Imagine if you had a major world religion that was scientifically provable, observably true. Just one. And every other religion talked about faith and talked about, well, we'll get our rewards in the afterlife and stuff like that. But there was one religion, worldwide religion, that was absolutely identifiably true. You could take the most ardent atheist and say, remember that statue? Remember that statue? It was only five foot nine a year ago. We didn't modify it. And now look how big that statue is. Imagine if that's what it is, and that would be what would be happening if, you know, we have dozens of reports of these people changing their bodies. What if there were evidence of hundreds of people, of thousands, of millions of people using something as simple as a law of attraction? It's really not that simple because, again, you have to look at reality and discard it and then substitute your own on top of it, which is really hard. It's really hard to walk into your own dirty bathroom and go, I live in a mansion. 
That cockroach? That's my butler. Hello, Jeeves. It's super hard, and you have to do it constantly. But if you can achieve it, you can be taller, richer, more powerful, more good-looking, whatever you wanted. And the governments of the world don't want you to be those things. Now, I'm not, I'm not, okay, so let me back up because the way I say to that was pretty, I don't know if this conspiracy theory is true, right? I'm just like putting ourselves in the shoes of Michael. I could, one, I could see a government doing something like this. Governments don't work if everyone is in the top 1%. It's unfortunate, but governments have to have the downtrodden. It, I, I'm not a borderline anarchist. I'm trying not to go off on a rant. But you know what I mean? Like, you do have to have, and I, I, it's a horrible part, and I wish we lived in a Star Trek utopia. I really do. And maybe someday we'll get there. <laughs> Through the law of attraction. But you you can't have everyone driving the nicest cars and eating the... I, again, I, I'm saying this stuff. I'm not defending it. I wish we could, but a government wouldn't allow that. A government needs to have the downtrodden. A government needs to have the other, the people that you hate. The government needs to have all these things to function. And if you just had someone go, hey, did you pay your taxes this year? You're like, nah, law of attraction, them. They don't even know. They don't even know that I work at this company anymore. And you're like, what are you talking about? You're like, law of attraction, bro. And the IRS, they're sitting at their office and they're like, they literally don't have the paperwork for this guy. Like the law of attraction is being used at such a level where people are just disobeying laws. And they're like, well, sure. Sure, your honor. I killed all those people? I did kill all those people? Or did I? And the judge is like, oh, no. Are you one of those law of attraction guys? They're worse than sovereign citizens. You, it would it, the, the deeper you would get into the system, the harder it would be, obviously. We know that we have to pay taxes. We know that if we kill a bunch of people, we go to jail or at least go to court. Maybe they'll get off. But it would make sense for there to be a secret government group that was shutting down evidence of this. I think, honestly, if a religion popped up all of a sudden and you had a messiah who was working miracles, and I I don't think this is a stretch. I think most people would agree with me. If all of a sudden, in the middle of the Yucatan, you had this dude show up and he starts performing these miracles and he's bringing people back from the dead and he's assembling this congregation, that dude is deader than a doornail Eight months after he starts doing all this stuff, somebody, someone high up is going to take that dude out. If you had a miracle worker who is actually performing miracles, they are not long for the world. They also better be a psychic because some CIA goon is going to be dispatched to put a bullet in his head. So I could honestly see that the government would be trying to shut this stuff down. I don't know, right? We're just, we're basing this off of Michael's information and it's interesting because these people as far as we can tell aren't being executed if anything they're just being told take the stuff down or we will execute you there's a little laser beam on them whenever they log into messenger they're like ah i don't know if this conspiracy theory is true i think it's awesome not not awesome if it's true but i really am digging this conspiracy theory there's a secret government group 
that's silencing people who have proof that the law of attraction works. When Katy Perry's like, yeah, I always knew I was going to be a big singer when I grew up, or Eminem's like, yeah, I cut out all the pages of Source magazine. I had them up all over my room, and every night before I went to bed, I knew I was going to be a huge rapper. And then he's a huge rapper. That's so abstract, because we also know that these guys sweated, and they worked their way up. Well, I know a lot of people think Katy Perry's a saint worshiper, but you know what I mean? Like, they did use law of attraction. Most of the people you see in the media, in whether on purpose or on accidentally, I don't think when Marshall Mathers was sitting down every night before he we went to bed looking at all these pages of the source magazine paste to his... That is the law of attraction. The most powerful part of law of attraction is actually doing it right before you go to sleep. He manifested that. I honestly believe that. But that's so abstract. It's not like someone's going to take him out because... It also included a lot of hard work. And again, you could go, well, yeah, you know, you know that, that someone's got to be a rapper, right? So it makes sense. And could it be, again, like going back to that prison example, it's so regulated to keep knocking you back into reality. So you don't have a chance to manifest yourself out of prison. And I don't mean physically like you're in jail cell one day and the next day you're standing outside. Like you're like, woohoo, I meant like you can manifest it. So take the prison example and then we're going to wrap it up. But... Let's say you're in prison for killing somebody and you don't believe you're in prison. You 100% don't believe you're in prison. You would manifest the reality where your lawyer found out that one of the jurors hated you. Like like it was your bully from elementary school. You didn't recognize him because he beat you so badly. And then the lawyer's like, oh, my God, we can do a retrial on this. And then the, at this point, 10 years, 15 years have passed since the crime. The prosecutor's like, okay, you know, we did, we know you didn't murder somebody, but da 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 da, da and then you're out. There is a mechanism behind it. It wouldn't be that you just appear outside prison because then you're just an escaped convict. They're just going to get you again. But you could just believe you're not in prison and then the universe takes care of everything else. Law of Attraction I find absolutely fascinating. This conspiracy theory is badass. I think this is dope. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that as much as I talk about Law of Attraction and how much it works. But I love this conspiracy theory. Is the government taking out people who have physical proof that the Law of Attraction works because they need to maintain the quote-unquote reality that gives them power? It's an awesome conspiracy theory. I've never heard of it before until Michael posted it. I would love to see if Michael's dug up some more information on this stuff. I'd love to talk to Michael just even through email to see what other information he's pulled up, not just from the conspiracy side, but other people who have used the law of attraction to physically change their body. I'd really like to read about the guy who regrew body parts. I'd love to find out more. But guess what? Michael is missing. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.